true. You learn something every day. Which is, which is not true. I don't learn something every day. Oh, but, I do. Because yeah. I knew so, so little going in. <laughs> the different colored... Red lights mean stop, as it turns out, for instance. The twist tie on the loaf of bread, different colors mean different things. My whole life, how did I not know this? I've been eating Wonder Bread my whole life. I, I don't know. Or whatever bread. Wonder Bread is not bread. The little plastic tags, yes, yeah, sometimes they're the little plastic tag. Or the little metal ties. Tell you which day of the week the bread was baked on. The code is as follows. Monday's blue, Tuesday's green, Thursday's red, Friday's white, Saturday's yellow. Friday I'm in love. <laughs> So then you look at it and you figure out how old that loaf of bread is. I'm gonna, huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the laminate this. Yes, I'm gonna put it in my pocket and carry it around my whole life. Wear it on your forearm like an NFL quarterback. <laughs> what, why, do you, why do you have that on your arm? Oh, just to remind me, yeah, you know the the bread code. The what? <laughs> the code for when the bread was made. What bread? Uh, uh, can we post this or something? I mean, because I, we have I have to. I certainly did not commit that to memory as you read it. It's not for the public. It's for the employees to make sure. it easier for them to remove the stale loaves and replace them with fresh ones. Yeah, it's product rotation, so you can just look at it and be like, yeah. okay, these ones go behind these ones and move right. everything forward. Or here comes Jack, put the white ones in the front. He'll take those home. They're hard as a rock. Apparently, he'll eat anything. That's what they think. You want to understand my wife and like, a sentence. Sure. She's at the grocery store the other day, and what was she buying? Yogurt, I think. And she notices that the yogurt with the later expira- expiration date is in front, and the sooner expiration date is in back. And she wants to find an employee and tell them, you're not rotating your stock properly. Mm. <laughs> this, you're never going to, you're going to have a lot of wastage here. She got the competence gene. Which explains how I've kept my life on track, <laughs> obviously. Um, I'm looking the scumbag shooter shuffling around in prison, and it reminded me. So all the conversations... Crazy, violent idiot who tried desperately to tell everybody I'm a crazy, violent idiot. And uh, all the discussions yesterday, I was hoping that somebody, one of the governors or the president, I, I wish somebody would get in the president's ear. I think he'd be really open to this as a guy who understands TV and marketing. There seems to be a marketing campaign to attract school shooters going on in the media. Can we do something to stop that? Because, as you know, I'm convinced that that's a big part of it. And I was thinking about this particular kid. He's a weird-looking kid. Um, He's a little quirky-looking. He's quirky-looking. I'm not sure he's he's completely right. Uh, His uh, biological mom was a drug casualty. and yeah. Yeah, so he's got he's, a lot of problems, neurological and yeah. you know, psychological. But the the only reason I'm mentioning this, um, you know, and it might have had something to do with uh, his anger and you know not fitting in with society and everything like that. Right. He's a weird looking kid. Had New York Times, you gotta go out, or all the other media outlets to do this with that kid. You gotta go out of your way to come up with a cool, sexy picture of him because he's not naturally doesn't look that way. Right. You really picked the best of the best pictures to make him look like a sexy kind of somebody to idolize person that you did for some twisted reason. You know? Because he's a yeah. weird looker. He's a weirdo. Yeah. Yep. And But they found that pic. They found that picture and put that... Probably filtered it, you know? Shaded it a little bit. Night one of the shooting, uh, they, they found the, the picture where he looks kind of cool and sexy and good and mysterious and mm-hmm. used that one. But I first time, only time, I heard a media organization refer to it as the Valentine's Day Massacre. I've only heard that once. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that hasn't caught on because it was Oof. on Valentine's, but... I don't, I don't want that to be a thing. That's also trying to make it 
seem like something kind of cool, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Don't come up with a clever name. Don't. So I think maybe the best known of these um, kids that survived the shooting that are now going around and, and advocating for uh, for some change, gun control in particular, is this David Hogg. Mm-hmm. He also got a lot of attention because for some reason, some groups latched on to him as the crisis actor. Yeah. That whole thing. Anyway, he tweeted uh, yesterday, I guess it was. Or was it this morning? What day is today? Tuesday, isn't it? The 27th. Okay, yesterday morning he tweeted, Here's a radical idea. How about we don't spend money on arming teachers? We spend it educating students in STEM. So people at, at like at Kyle Jeter, another one of the kids, can do more cool stuff and will be able to create jobs in renewable, clean, and independent American energy like wind and solar. <laughs> what? Don't spend money on arming the teachers. We'll spend it on educating students in STEM so they can do cool stuff like create jobs in renewable, clean, and independent American energy like wind and solar. Right, right, right. Okay, all right. Um, which is a pretty complicated okay. notion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just going through some of the replies on the Twitter. Uh, you survived a tragedy that doesn't make you an expert on the subject. Oh, my God, replies somebody. That literally makes him an expert on the subject of mass shootings. In a way that no one else is. No, it doesn't. Uh, makes him a victim, not an expert. Experts can see clearly that they aren't blinded by emotion. And it goes back and forth like this for a while. It gives him a very unique perspective oh, that no most doubt. of us will never have. But Absolutely. it does not make him an expert. And no it, doubt it about gives that. him a, a, a certain moral weight to his words. And I think he needs to be listened to respectfully. And I'm in favor of that. Um, oh, no doubt it gives him a moral way to his words. No doubt. Right, and and that's fine, but it does not make him an expert in any way. As Tim the Lawyer said last week, because his brother died in a mass shooting, he said, I'm not an expert because of that. I'm an expert because I'm a constitutional lawyer uh, on what you can do and what you can't do. Um, And and there's there's a lot of back and forth and, and, and stuff that's just not that helpful. But, you know, it's social media. Yeah. Um, I wanted to hit you with another one. Okay, replying to at David Hogg 111. Tell us where you really went to school. Tell us how old you really are. Oh, for God's sake. Stop this nonsense. Hashtag the storm. Hashtag deep state. Hashtag false flag. Hashtag you're crazy. Yeah, hashtag you're a nut job or a troll or a Russian. Right. For a little more useful dialogue, I appreciated this from uh, Charles Cook in uh, National Review. And listen, I don't hate people I disagree with. And all of you who do, I'm sad for you. Um, He mentions for 10 days now, Hogg has been a permanent fixture on the nation's TV screens uh, as anyone bar the president's. In each appearance, he's been invited without reply to share his ideas on our public policy, blah, blah, blah. Among the proposals that Hogg has advanced are that the most popular rifle in America be federally prohibited. Fair enough. That the NRA be regarded as a haven for child murderers. And these are quotes. That Americans boycott Amazon, FedEx, and the state of Florida. That Governor Rick Scott take responsibility for the failures of another elected official. Hogg has held a gun control rally in New Jersey, slammed the president, the president as a coward, criticized the federal response to the hurricane in Puerto Rico, made comments in support of funding for wind and solar power, taken a preemptive stand on Florida's imminent senatorial election, and suggested that as a matter of general policy, cops cannot be expected to protect the citizenry if they believe they might be outgunned. So this kid has decided to to weigh in on quite a number of issues. And, you know, the point of Cook's piece is just that, okay, having done that, uh, 
if we disagree with his views on gun control or any of these other issues, we absolutely have the right and the duty to speak up against them. So the kid, for all, you know, with all due respect to his grief and what he's been through, et cetera, he's not sacrosanct. I mean, he is not he is not uh, sanctified. You're going to wade into the, you know, the uh, battleground of ideas. You're going to have, uh, you know, people hurl ideas back at you and it's fine. Um, yeah, Ben Shapiro replied to that thing about uh, solar power. Um, because spending money on STEM doesn't stop school shootings, probably. You know, um, Charles, back to Charles Cook, who you were just quoting. Now, he tweeted this yesterday, and this was retweeted by Tim Sandifer, among many others. So it got my attention because Charles Cook got beaten up, as a lot of people have, for arguing with some of these kids. Great example of emotionalism, what I've been talking about lately. And uh, Charles Cook said the on the heels switch from, quote, these eloquent young Americans are making a mass movement and must be extended the right to vote, unquote, to, quote, why are you engaging with weak and irrelevant little kids, you meanie, is transparent and cynical and should be rejected as such. Mm. In other words, um, they're, uh, you know, they're very powerful, making great arguments. And if we you, must listen to them. And you must listen to them. If you put back, push back against them, at, why are you beating up on a bunch of children? Well, not only children, but victims of a terrible crime, right? Yeah, but which is it? It's sort of like when Sean straightened me out yesterday, and he did. On, uh, I said, "Well, how is how is Ivanka Trump supposed to respond to those questions?" And you said, "Well, she's an advisor to the president. Yeah, that's her job." Okay, you know, that's absolutely true. If she's an advisor to the president, then she has to be responsible for, you know, she's in the administration, right. so she has to answer questions about it. These kids are now fully involved in policy making. So there's going to be pushback, legitimately so, on their policy ideas. Of course. And then there should be. Well, and I think the people who are objecting to that, are there are some soft heads who just think, oh, how can you argue about uh, against him after what he's been through? That's just soft-headedness. And then you've got a certain number of people who are cynical, and they think, okay, that's a way to get our opponents on their heels. But you know, And these kids are also experiencing a, a an exponential jump in their oh, yeah. online presence, right? They probably, I don't know what their Twitter accounts were before this. But they literally, these kids have hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers yeah, right. on their accounts, and they are they are still high school kids. And now all of a sudden, they have this new audience. And, oh and, yeah! Now I want to talk about STEM, and now I want to talk about this. And and a week ago, they went through something that most of us hope to God will never have to go through. You can't even imagine as an adult how that would affect you, right. an adult, let alone a child, and all this like newfound fame and complication and. It'd be, it'd be weird. And the other factor that's on display here and that grown-ups understand, or at least real grown-ups understand, is that when you're, when you're dealing with adolescents and they're arguing and the rest of it, he or she who can come up with the most adamant and sincere outrage wins the day. The person who shouts in the most self-righteous and emotional way and then stomps off to the room, for instance... As dad sits there at the dinner table thinking, well, apparently I didn't make my point. That's the way teenagers argue. And what you have now is the the mainstream media listening to their quite sincere, but often misguided pleas and saying, well, because um, they went through something terrible, those sincere but misguided pleas should guide our national policy. And that's just not an adult way to think. There are plenty of adults, by the way, who behave in the same way. If you can shout a more outrageous thing than your opponent and the crowd cheers, you've quote-unquote won the argument. But that's no way to run a country. Is it proper to challenge a child on policy? 
well, if if his if his policies are being taken as serious policies, yeah, I suppose you have to. Well, um, what was that episode of the Twilight Zone way back in the day where the kid had the superpowers? The kid could could kill anybody if they didn't answer to his whims. That was a great Twilight Zone. <laughs> Is that related to this, or did you just? Well, yeah, it was because if you give the if you give children the power over you know serious policy, they will behave as children, and the result will be terrifying. Got a grocery pro tip I almost launched into, but uh, maybe I'll save that for later. How to know when the cucumbers are fresh? <laughs> Ah, boy. Avocados are tough. Oh, yeah. Not ripe at all, and then they're too ripe. Both my kids were thumping the avocados, claiming they could tell the other day. Bunch of avocado thumpers. <laughs> not sure. Not sure you could tell. Um, uh, a little tax advice a little later in the hour, because a giant change in our taxes... A lot of you, a lot of me, don't uh, don't know what's headed our way. We're going to talk to a tax expert, Stephen Moskowitz, about that. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Voice lessons to sing like uh, Brian Williams of uh, Brian. What's his name? Is it Brian Williams of uh, ACDC? So this. No, 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 no. More guttural. <laughs> Not guttural enough. Brian Johnson. Johnson. That's it. I knew it was a common name. Um. Uh, so having children ages a woman faster than smoking and being overweight, according to a real study. Oh boy. Um. This isn't just crap, but it has to do yeah, with your... Yeah, it's kind of crap. Well, I don't know. Uh, ages. What do you mean ages? Uh, shortens your telomeres. Oh, however you say that. Oh, the old telomeres. Are, uh, Mine are terrible. They're tattered. Uh, my wife would say that having kids has aged her quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess I'm just pro-kids, so I hate to hear oh, it. Oh, yeah. But it's not a minor thing, it would seem. It also would have your body do well, right? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, physically, I can see that, but I also see that there isn't there an aspect too where it it somewhat keeps you young because now you're involved, like you're now at the park playing with your kids, which is something that kids do, right? Like it did I, for me. Yeah, I think I, as somebody who views it from afar, there seems to also be I can un- totally understand the physical toll of what you're talking about, but I think there's some psychological, youthful rejuvenation aspects of having kids there must be because it doesn't uh it doesn't translate to differences in uh, lifespan age lifespan but it ages you uh. a lot hmm. so yeah. you weren't going to uh have kids or not have kids based on that information i'm guessing anyway so like at some point if i'm going to want to keep going to superhero movies i should probably have a kid for cover you know right if, y- right you know it's true if you don't have kids you almost never push somebody in a swing <laughs> <laughs> Well, you certainly shouldn't. God, like I was playing frisbee and catch last night. We were doing a co- combination, some sort of batting practice frisbee game. Wow. Um, but uh, I just wouldn't do a lot of that if I didn't have children, probably. I'm pretty good at frisbee, though. Always have been. 
I can put it right there in your chest, right where you want it, wow. nice and flat. Yeah, yeah. You go backhand or forehand? Yeah, forehand. Forehand? You don't catch it, it's on you. You, you like, throw it like that? No, I throw it like this. That's, that's okay, that's yeah, backhand. That's backhand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 I've never, I, I can't throw it like that. I used to do the forehand. We used to uh, play guts frisbee, I think they call it. You stand about uh, 25 paces apart and fire at each other. You have a team. Oof. As hard as you can. Can you try to catch it, or do you have to put you keep your hands behind your back? <laughs> Take it off. Well, the I grew up the... in North Korea, as you know, <laughs> and so yes, we kept our hands behind our back. Well, I bought a real punish dissidents. I bought a real good uh, quality whammo frisbee. Oh, that's and the when way you're to go. A, when you're a kid, those are intimidating because they hit you in the face. It hurts. Oh yeah, I took one on the bridge of the nose once. Oi. And so my kids bailed a couple of times when it was coming at them. Ah! You know, this is uh, this is a comment less on... This is not about me. I want you to understand this. I'm not bringing this up as self-congratulations. Okay, so it must be. Um, it's not. It's honest to God, it's not. The stakes are too high. This is too important. But there's a big, uh, big investigative study out that's getting a fair amount of attention. The real story behind Chicago's gun deaths. And uh, significantly fewer people are dying because of gun violence in Chicago, blah, blah, blah. The uh, cops are touting it, blah, blah, blah. But they disclose. Here's their big discovery. Gun homicides dropped by 30% last two decades, and law enforcement officials are taking credit for the drop. But analysis by the data reporting lab shows that shootings have actually increased by 15%, and the reporters found a different cause for the decline in deaths. Improvements in trauma care at hospitals, thanks to innovations pulled from the battlefields of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Confronted with this new information, which I, Joe Getty, radio dope, have been talking about for years now. Confronted with this new information, officials say closely studying injuries, not deaths, could change how local governments try to solve gun violence. Now, here's your question. Either Chicago government knew this and for whatever reason was covering up, covering it up, or I knew better than them. How can that possibly be? With all due modesty, how could that be? I'm sure we could go back and find me two, three years ago saying, Gunshot wounds have actually increased. They're just saving more people because of the gains in trauma surgery made on the battlefields of the Middle East. How could I know that and they not? How could that be? The people at the hospital would have to know that. They'd have to have statistics on how many people survive gunshot wounds that come in. And the doctors themselves would have to know that. Well, right. I'm astounded by that. What's coming up in your news, Marshal Phillips? Well, Florida Sheriff's deputy pushing back on charges. He disgraced himself by not moving in to deal with the high school shooter. We'll have what he said and what President Trump said coming up minutes from now. That's uh, uh, Ready for him to disclose how policy got us there, as we talked about earlier. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Four stars, if I remember correctly. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, he's pushing back an attorney for the now former Florida sheriff's deputy who's been pilloried as a coward for not going into the building as the alleged shooter was killing 17 people at the high school in Florida nearly two weeks ago, says his client, Scott Peterson, didn't go into the building because he thought the gunfire was coming from outside. Eh, it took you three, four days to come up with that, but you came up with a reason. That's a good one. Good ruse. You know, yeah. if that was the case, I think a uh, tears streaming down his cheeks sheriff could have stepped up to the microphone and say what he thought was happening. 
and that's why he did it, and he wished he had known he'd have gone in and blah, 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 he's heartbroken, <laughs> which you would be. Or you, you retire and hide and have a lawyer come up with an excuse. That statement from Peterson's attorney coming as President Trump said at the White House to the nation's governors gathered for an annual meeting that's the way they performed was frankly disgusting. They were listening to what was going on. The one in particular, he was then, he was early, then you had three others that probably a similar deal a little bit later, but a similar kind of a thing. You know, I really believe, you don't know until you test it, but I think, I, I really believe I'd run in there even if I didn't have a weapon. And I think most of the people in this room would have done that too, because I know most of you. But the way they performed was was really a disgrace. I think maybe we should let some more facts come in about those other three guys, because it's not clear that anybody knows what they did or didn't do or when they got there or whatever, right. what their orders were. I don't know. Although it would be... Seemed pretty clear to me that that particular sheriff would have an interest in covering it up if it did happen because yep. he's a lion scumbag. Um, but I would like to know oh, what yeah, actually he's happened. He's got to be ousted. He's got to be out and a real investigation done. President Trump may be coming to Southern California next month. The Washington Post is reporting a number of unnamed administration sources say Trump would attend a fundraiser in LA and then go to San Diego to look at the border wall prototypes. As for the proposed wall itself, so far nobody's stepping forward to pay for it. Not Mexico, as Trump had promised, nor Congress. And the Post has previously reported the Mexican president, Peña Nieto, has now canceled his plans to travel to D.C. after a testy phone call with Trump about the border wall. Mexico and the U.S. called off the plan after Trump refused to agree to publicly affirm Mexico's position that it wouldn't have to pay for the wall at the border. The two presidents uh, reportedly talked by phone for nearly an hour last week, and neither would budge on the matter. And again, according to sources, the call got pretty testy. I can't believe this subject is still around. It's a standoff of some kind. (laughs) I just can't put a name to it. (laughs) Hey, the presidents in San Diego, Hanson, book them. Book them in studio, AM 760. I want the president's butt right next to me in a chair. (laughs) Headphones on, Mr. President. I hope you're ready to answer the tough questions. Hey, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got hundreds of people inundating a California mayor's office with angry phone calls, some accusing her of treason after she warned residents about upcoming immigration raids. A spokesman for Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff said the callers are largely from out of state. They're accusing the mayor of treason and obstruction of justice. The mayor's warning marks the latest escalation of tensions between California officials and the Trump administration and ICE. How has this not made its way to the Supreme Court yet, where they step in and say, because you've got the mayor of Oakland saying, hey, look, if the, if, the, if the officials knock on your door, you don't have to answer. What? Well, and that's what? allegedly warning people, hey, the feds are coming for you. Wait, this is no way to run a country. Obviously, this is an untenable situation. Uh, somebody needs to step in and, and make a ruling. Apple has big plans. In fact, word is Apple's going to release their biggest iPhone ever this year. It 14 might, feet long. <laughs> it might even have a bigger display than anything arch-rival Samsung puts out. Bloomberg reports a new smartphone, you know, one of three Apple's going to be releasing this year. What Isn't is- it all limited by women's back pockets? Isn't that where the rubber meets the road? At the point that it won't fit in a woman's jeans pocket, it's not going to be that big a seller. Or it's a tablet. Yeah, but, well, it would seem 
Women want to carry those around in their back pocket because you see them a lot. And it turns out Americans aren't buying as much clothing as they used to. According to a new study, the new figures out show in the 1990s, the U.S. went through about 40 garments a year per person. By the end of the decade, that had jumped to 65 garments a year. And then because of the recession, people stopped buying as much clothing. And that hasn't really picked up. Clothing sales remain off. And a lot of it has to do with millennials. I've I've never said I'm headed to the mall to get some garments, honey. (laughs) Stupid naked millennials ruining the economy. (laughs) Part of the reason for the drop, because they're spending more on experiences and less on things including clothes and shoes. Yeah, good for you. And that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. That'd be a step in the right direction. Oh, wait. Just check. Good job, Squawky. No tears for big clothing industry. Sorry. (laughs) How about the Sri Lankans who are chained to a loom making three cents an hour? You've kicked them out of their job. What if you're buying all those clothes because you need them for your job? Is that a tax deduction? We'll ask Stephen Moskowitz. That and many other hard questions coming up. Well transitioned. Thank you very much. Uh, With the the passage of the big tax overhaul, what's good and what's not? Stephen Moskowitz is here. We're going to talk to him in just a few minutes on the Armstrong and Getty Show. One, two, three. We've been talking with Stephen Moskowitz for years on the air and privately when we got a tax situation. Stephen joins us in studio now. Stephen, how are you, sir? Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, uh, Lord knows the incredibly complex world of taxes isn't getting any simpler, and uh, most of us are completely mystified by it, so we're glad to have your help. Well, thanks. And if you have a business, it's getting better. Yeah, is that true? So the tax reform really is good for business? Great for business. And what's happened is my new favorite section, 199A, which essentially, if you qualify, lets you pay tax on only 80% of what's called your qualified business income instead of 100. So taken to the most simple, if you made 100 grand profit, you pay tax on only 80. Who in his right mind wouldn't like to have that? Right. What sort of businesses are benefiting from this? What sort of All folks? All types of businesses, but they're called pass-through entities. Mm-hmm. So no C-corporations, but sole proprietorships, S-corporations, partnerships, LLCs. And if you are a C-corporation, you can convert into an S-corporation, but you just have to watch out that there's no re- no other reasons why you shouldn't. So, like, if I'm running General Motors, I can't, like, claim to be a pass-through corporation? Or Donald took care of you if you're running General Motors. Oh, okay. a big drop. This is, for, this is for the little guys. Essentially, the idea of this 199A was to kind of give to little business what was given to the big business, uh-huh. like a big, big tax drop. Cool. I remember before the election asking you, this is about election time, we were having lunch with you and asking you, you know, how's the election going to affect taxes? And you said if Hillary's elected, they're going up. If Trump's elected, they're going down. Is that basically what happened? Exactly. And this is a tremendous benefit. And and I'm, I'm focusing on the 199A, but there's other things too, like depreciation. There's a lot more things you can write off in the initial year. And there's lots of other things where if you have a business, you really, really, really can save on taxes now. Excellent. So uh, do me a favor, because uh, that's uh, I know a fair amount about finance and taxes and all, and I'm still a little mystified by the concept of depreciation. What's the nickel version of what it is and what it means? When you buy something really expensive, say like a building, you can't, gener- even if you paid cash, you can't write it off 
that year. You have to write it off over a period of time. And generally with buildings, you're writing it off over 39 years. But one of the things that we do is, and this isn't new with the, the new law, it's called cost segregation analysis, where you send an engineer into the building who inspects it, and he says, well, with what you bought, some of it was 39-year property, some was 15-year property, some was 10-year property, and some was five-year property. So your initial depreciation is much, much greater than waiting the 39 years. And that's okay. tremendously beneficial with the time value of money. So the building, 39 years, but like a stapler, not so much. Can't depreciate no, that over. Sta- well, you don't want to. In most cases, you want to go ahead and write it off in the first year. When you're receiving benefits, you want them now. And also what's happened with something called Section 179, and bonus depreciation. Now there's an awful lot of things you won't even have to depreciate. You can write it off all in the year you bought it, even if you bought it on credit. Hmm. So uh, this, this, uh, I think I wouldn't know what the answer is, which is going to be good news for you. So um, the Republicans uh, said they'd lower taxes for most people. That is true. They said they would simplify taxes. Have taxes gotten simpler? Surely you just. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredibly complex. For example, my new favorite section, 199A, it's 22 pages long with 26 references to other code sections and 25 references within. That in and of itself, <sighs> yeah, I know. And you have you, no shot at that without hiring a professional, obviously. You know, the minute you say you, sh- you always have a shot. You have a shot at winning the Powerball lottery, too, but I wouldn't quit my day job. Yeah. We dedicate our careers to this, and for the, the average person trying to wade through it, no. And what you have to watch out for is it's really not that simple because there's all kinds of limitations. And if you run afoul of the limitations, just one of them, you can wind up getting a zero benefit. So one of the things you want to do if you're in business now, you want to evaluate, can I take advantage of this paying only 80% the way I am now? Or do I have to change my entity? For example, do I have to change from a C corp to an S corp? Do I have to change from a sole proprietor to an S corp? Do I have to change my day-to-day limitations? And then also, for the first time in American history, it depends what you do for a living. For example, certain groups were singled out, doctors, lawyers, that you have what's called a phase-out. So what happens if you make more than a certain amount of money, which is if you're single, 157500 married, 315000 you you begin to lose these benefits, and then you lose all of them. And the way around that is setting up different entities. But if you want a real laugher in the law itself to determine whether you're in this group that you don't want to be in, they say that it depends on if people come to you for your good reputation. So now you will actually have the absurdity of people going into court and arguing, you know what, my customers come here in spite of how awful I am. I'm (laughs) terrible. We can make that argument. (laughs) But, you know, it it works because the the bottom line is it's for products, it's investment. Also, if you're a real estate investor, there's some tremendous benefits here. Wow. So it sounds to me like it's become more complex. Oh, absolutely. 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 I mean, all of us in the profession, we sit around here and, and we talk about it, and it's become far more complex. And also there's going to be a lot of arguments. What does this mean? What does that mean? And well, in, as I understand it, like a lot of the guidelines and rules uh, that the IRS says they're going to put out, they haven't happened yet. They haven't, and part of the problem is Congress hasn't defined it. So normally Congress will be more specific. It's like if somebody said that a tall tax lawyer doesn't have to pay taxes. <laughs> but how tall is tall? Is that over six feet? Is it over six five? What is tall? So we'll go and argue, well, guy, you know, 5'11", what about him? Normally, you'd have a height, say, okay, 6'6", and in this new law, 
there's so much. Remember, the, the Congress people in their infinite wisdom went ahead and passed this without bothering to read it and you know, get 500 pages of, of, of complexities. And there's a lot of stuff we're going to argue for years. What does uh-huh. it mean? How much time do we have, Michael? About a minute. Real quick, I saw an article the other day that uh, said that divorce rates were skyrocketing because of something in the tax code. What's that about? Alimony is no longer income, so you get it tax-free. But if you're paying it, it's no longer deduction. This has become effective one one nineteen. Ah, next year. And if you're in the process of, of a divorce, you better sit down with your divorce lawyer because having this as income or a deduction makes a tremendous amount of difference. And also, whether you're single or married, would make a tremendous difference in your deduction of mortgage interest. I thought I'd throw that in as a little teaser. Wow, uh, interesting. Another thing, you've told us this many times over the years, but just to, for people who don't know, if you ever get a call from the IRS people, you want to call a lawyer, right? Oh, absolutely. It's it's like going into a boxing ring. You would never, never, never step into a ring with a professional. Because if you answer any questions that they ask you, you might be trying to answer them correctly, but if you make a mistake, you got big problems. Yes, because a big federal charge now is called making a false statement. I'm currently defending some people on that, where somebody says something and he thinks is innocently, and the agent says, I think you're lying to me, and boom, now you're facing a felony of making a false statement. So the bottom line is you have to zealously present your case, but you dare not make a false statement or you will be prosecuted, and that's prosecuted way more than tax evasion. Shades of the Mueller investigation. Yeah. That's what most of yeah. the guys are being charged with. All right, Steve Moskowitz, tax attorney. Uh, you can get him at one tax deal and we'll have Steven on in the next couple of weeks to talk about all sorts of tax yeah. issues. As Thanks, we, guys. As we get oh, closer to tax time, no doubt about it. And now, final thoughts with Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty on the Armstrong and Getty radio program. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yeah, this is kind of a callback to yesterday's show, but I really don't appreciate the pushing back against my pirate knowledge about one eye patch being for the below deck, the other one. It's it, it's not a missing eye thing, Joe. I, I know my piratism. There are a lot of people who are into history who backed you up on that, Sean, on the text line. Please, it's nonsense. Michelangelo, <laughs> your final thought. Yeah, I'm so frustrated with the IRS. This might be the year I pay in all pennies and send him an Elvis dinner plate or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Marshall Phillips, your final thought. I'm heading out for National Pancake Day at IHOP. If you get a chance, stop by. They're offering free stacks of cakes if you throw in a donation for the children's charities. That's fantastic, including Shriners Children's Hospital, yes, which indeed. is ja- great. Jack, your final thought? I've said this a thousand times, but the fact that the government demands you give them some of your salary and then makes the figuring out how much you're supposed to give them so complicated you have to hire somebody, and if you get it wrong, you get fined or go to jail, is just ridiculous. No offense, Stephen. <laughs> Yeah, I want to thank everybody for sending along the article that the Hitler bell will remain in German church as a memorial. Listen, I'm a history buff. I'm a student of history. I'm not obsessed with Hitler. They auction off Hitler's shoehorn. I don't need to know about it. They discover Hitler's first aid kit or tear down Hitler's favorite schnitzel stand. You don't need to tell me about it. All right. Go ahead and send it along anyway, just in case. So last week we had on Tim the Lawyer a very uh, very successful appearance. His wife, Christina the Lawyer, is going to be on tomorrow because her right to try legislation had a huge win. We'll talk a little bit about that, among other things.
Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for our contact information. Drop us a line, email us, tweet at us, whatever. We'd like to hear what you think. And or you see something we ought to be uh, talking about, send it along. We have that valuable information on our website, for instance, of which bread time means how old your bread is. Oh, I mean, and why all those warnings were ignored about the Florida shooter. It's explained. Yours might, might be more important than mine. Probably. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. And you know what? If they're not with you, we have to fight them every once in a while. That's okay. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.